Hi, this is Pastor Tom, and I want to welcome you to our look at Psalm 31 to 35 this week. This is day one. We're looking at Psalm 31. Psalm 31 happens to be a psalm that captured a lot of people's hearts during times of stress. Even in the Bible, you can see this. Jonah prayed part of verse 6 when he was in the belly of the fish. A lot of stress there. Jeremiah repeated again and again the phrase from verse 13, there is terror on every side. It helped him to deal with his stress. The writer of Psalm 71 quotes the first three verses in this psalm. And Jesus quoted from verse 5 in his last words from the cross. So it's a psalm that teaches us how to deal with stress. A lot of psalms, you may have noticed, move from anguish to assurance. This psalm actually does it twice, in verses 1 to 8, and then again in verses 9 to 24. So it helps to take us from a place of stress to a place of security. To reduce the stress in your life, there are two things that this psalm invites us to do. They have to do with your spirit and with your times. First, this psalm invites us to do something with our spirit to reduce the stress in our lives. In verse 5, into your hands I commit my spirit. Redeem me, O Lord, the God of truth. A, a time of stress is a time to ask whose hands your spirit is in and to recommit your spirit into his hands. Now, you might recognize and know that Jesus prayed this prayer on the cross. Into your hands I commit my spirit. The last thing that he prayed before he gave up his spirit and went back to the Father. In his day, this prayer, into your hands I commit my spirit, it was actually part of a prayer that was prayed at bedtime. From the days that he was a child, Jesus likely would have prayed this prayer. This wasn't the only time that he prayed this prayer. He was on the cross praying the same prayer that he had prayed every day of his life. And it's a prayer that we need every day of our lives. Into your hands I commit my spirit. Your spirit, it, your spirit is your mind, it's your will, and it's your emotions. It's your mind, the way that you think. It's your will, the way that you decide. And it's your emotions, the way that you feel. So you're saying, God, all of that, the way I think, the way I decide, the way I feel, I commit that into your hands today. That's what reduces the stress in our lives. Your spirit, it can be in your hands. It can be in the hands of your circumstances. It can be in another person's hands. So right now, recommit your spirit into God's hands. Now, as David talks about this, he shares a couple of things that this means. First, it means that I trust in God instead of idols. In verse 6 and then verse 14, he says, I hate those who cling to worthless idols. I trust in the Lord, but I trust in you, O Lord. I say, you are my God. An idol is essentially a God that you can control. You could sit it on your shelf and you could get it to do whatever you wanted as long as you treated it right. You did the right thing for the idol, the idol did the right thing for you. Well, our idols today, they're more in our thoughts than on our shelves. They're not little wooden statues, they're little selfish thoughts. They're ways that we wanna live our lives. We're not looking to God and what he wants, we're looking to us. And we begin to use our prayers, maybe even our worship, how often we go to worship, as sort of leverage against God. And that creates huge stress in our lives because we're essentially trying to be God. How could you create greater stress than trying to be what you could never be? You cannot be God. Are you trying to hold God in your hand, get him to do what you want? Or have you committed your spirit into his hands? When you say, God, open hands, I'm committing my spirit into your hands. 
My mind, my will, my emotions, they're yours. Would you guide and direct me into what you want for my life? My life? It is amazing how, no matter what the circumstances, how difficult they might be, how the stress begins to reduce in your life. So first, as he's talking about what it means to into your hands I commit my spirit. First, David reminds us it means I, I don't hold on to worthless idols. But second, it means I focus on God's, what he calls God's spacious place. In verse eight, you've not handed me over to the enemy, but you've set my feet in a spacious place. David could have focused on his enemies, but he chose instead to focus on the spacious, what he calls the spacious place that God had given him. A spacious place is a place of opportunity. There's a lot of opportunity in a, in a spacious place to build, to grow. Is your spirit right now, is it constricted by the challenges in your circumstances, the challenges in your relationships? Pray, God, put my spirit in a spacious place. Into your hand I commit my spirit. Refuse to commit your spirit into the hands of those enemies. And instead, realize that God has made you to stand. God has made you to stand in the spacious place of growing in him and serving him. Facing stress in, in my life, in your life, it has to do with my spirit, but it also has to do with my times. In verse 15, my times are in your hands. Into your hands I commit my spirit. And now here in, here in verse 15, my times are in your hands. Deliver me from my enemies and from those who pursue me. My spirit in God's hands, that's the internal. My times in God's hands, that's the external. That's the day-to-day -day of life. Listen to the life of one whose times are in God's hands in verses 19 to 24. Let me read those verses. How great is your goodness, which you have stored up for those who fear you, which you bestow in the sight of men on those who take refuge in you. In the shelter of your presence, you hide them from the intrigues of men. In your dwelling, you keep them safe from accusing tongues. Praise be to the Lord. For he showed his wonderful love to me when I was in a besieged city. In my alarm, I said, I am cut off from your sight. And yet you heard my cry, my cry for mercy when I called to you for help. Love the Lord, all his saints. The Lord preserves the faithful, but the proud he pays back in full. Be strong and take heart, all of you who hope in the Lord. He's telling us here what it's like when your times are in God's hands. When your times are in God's hands, you're depending on, he says, the greatness of the Lord. How great is your goodness? In fact, he says, the greatness of God is stored up for you. God's goodness, God's greatness in your life, he's stored it up in advance. There's more than enough of it. It's in the bank for you. You don't have to worry about it. So when your times are in God's hands, you are leaning on, you're depending on God's goodness. You're depending on the shelter of his presence, that he will be with you through any circumstance and in any, in any circumstance. You're depending on the fact that he will hear your cry for mercy, that he knows what's happening in your life. He's gonna hear. He's hearing that cry for mercy that you have today. You're depending on the power of his preservation. The Lord preserves the faithful. It may not look like it today. The stresses of your life may look like you're losing, like you're not going to get preserved, like everything's going to get lost. But the truth of the matter is, when you look at it through the eyes of the Lord and through the eyes of eternity, the Lord will preserve you. He will preserve the faithful. I want to go back to verse 21 as we talk about putting our times in God's hands. 
he gives us this picture in verse 21. Praise be to the Lord, for he showed his wonderful love to me when I was in a besieged city. A besieged city in his day was a city that was surrounded by enemy forces. You've seen this in movies like Lord of the Rings, and you've pictured it maybe as you've read through the Bible. There's this city that's completely surrounded by the enemy. There's no way out to get food and water. There's no way to protect yourself against that great an enemy. It looks like everything is absolutely lost. And some of us, we feel besieged sometimes. You're surrounded by enemy forces. There's no way out. Your resources are dwindling fast. A lot of parents, they, they feel that way every day when their kids come home from school. We are besieged in this moment. In the reality of life, when you feel like there is absolutely no way out, you need to remember, and God teaches us this again and again throughout the scriptures. David had learned this in his life. You need to remember that God uses our impossible circumstances to show us his incredible love. He'll do it again and again and again. David writes and he says, it was there in the besieged city. God showed me his wonderful love. It was there when things looked darkest. That's when God's love will shine the brightest in your life. Let's pray together. Our Father, you know we go through times of stress. You're there with us. You sense what we're going through, what we're facing. And I pray right now, we pray that as we face this stress that we're under in this moment, that we would look to you. And in looking to you, we commit our spirit into your hands. Instead of holding on to it ourselves, we give it to you. And we commit our times into your hands. It's up to you, Lord, it's not up to us. We can trust you with it because we know that even in the besieged city, you will show up. Even when things look the darkest, you're there with your light, with your love. And so we trust in that today. In Jesus' name we trust, amen. Join us tomorrow. David's gonna to give us a model for prayer.